thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite humans. We met almost four years ago via Marie Folio's B-School. We both experienced the ups and downs of starting our own online businesses together and we've been hanging out ever since. This lady is a yoga teacher, a yoga therapist, and an Ayurvedic practitioner. Her online business, Bliss Body and Soul, helps women to become healthier versions of themselves without the stress or rigid rules, which is why I love this person. She is a huge fan of eating with the seasons and going with the flow in order to reach balance, both in mind and body. If you've done my Shiny Healthy You program, or if you've been to one of my retreats, you may have experienced her wisdom and her yoga teaching firsthand. Her beautiful flowing yoga style is a sight to behold. I am very, very proud to count this lady amongst my good friends. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce to you the very lovely Shara Carruthers. Woohoo! <laughs> Hi, Jules. Hello, you. Hi, that was the best. That was the best run-up I think I've ever had. Can I hire you? <laughs> Follow me wherever I go. <laughs> if you're yes. like that, that's got to be wonderful. Oh, I'm totally in. That would be awesome fun. <laughs> Now, although you happen to live just up the road from me, hun, you're actually in Japan today, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm in Japan today and for the next couple of weeks just on holidays, but I could not miss the opportunity to have a chat with you. And given the fact that we've got the most powerful internet in the world, it's a great, it's great <laughs> connector, the most powerful connector. It's terrific that we can actually do it this way. <laughs> awesome. Now, I wanted to get you on the show today, Shara, because it's it's quite funny, isn't it, like the naturopath hanging out with the Ayurvedic practitioner, but we actually share a lot of common ground, don't we? Absolutely. And it's great to have the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So just first of all, I would love you to explain to our lovely listeners out there, uh, what is Ayurveda and how did you end up you know, being drawn to it in the way that you did? Well, um, I, well, first I have to say, I'm super excited that people are even asking the question, what is Ayurveda? It's kind of a new, um, it's, it's, well, it isn't, Ayurveda is in no ways new, but it is new. And so I'm really excited and happy to kind of be at the, at the front lines of answering questions like what is Ayurveda? So what is it? It's Ayurveda is a 5,000 plus year old system of health and healing. And so it's got approaches to uh, both keeping us healthy and healing us when we are sick, which is kind of exciting to me. Um, and how did how did I find out about it? Or how do how do you know how did it appeal to me? Oh man, I would say that it, like many people, I learned about and heard about Ayurveda through yoga, through my yoga practice at the yoga studio, through becoming a yoga teacher and a yoga therapist, and they're connected. And we can probably talk about that at some point during um, during this our conversation. But what appealed to me most about Ayurveda is probably just a couple things. Um, being like you, um, you know, this person who's, who's uh, I, would, I don't want to say control freak because I, <laughs> I wouldn't want to say that we're control freaks. But a control I, enthusiast, perhaps. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love this idea of being empowered. And Ayurveda really is about handing our power for who we are and how we feel and how we look. 
uh, squarely back to us. It's not about, you know, dumbing things down. It's not about confusing us or alienating us in any way. Um, it's really, it's really about handing the responsibility, all the responsibility right back to us, which can be a little bit scary, but the Ayurvedic view of the world is really, really simple. And so it's a, it's advice and it's approach to kind of looking and feeling and being our best is really simple too. And I think that's something that really appealed to me. And the fact that it's just existed for thousands of years and, and it, it's applied, you know, it, it applies very much the same way as it did, you know, thousands and even hundreds of years ago. And I think that's because fundamentally we as human beings really have not changed. Our world's changed and, but we fundamentally haven't. And so if we can sort of get to, you know, if we can really get to understand those kind of fundamental principles, those fundamental truths, not just understand, but also embrace them. I think it sort of uh, prepares us even better for dealing with this world that changes almost constantly around us. Yeah, and I I love how you say it's at least five thousand years old because uh, I know with naturopathy and with modern medicine at the moment, there's a real trend towards and a real focus on that evidence based model of medicine. And in order for something to be proven and and to be um, considered to have evidence, like the you know there's these double-blind placebo-controlled trials that have to happen. There's rigmarole that has to happen. There's there's a system in place to be able to prove that something works. But that system has only been around for, you know, not even a few hundred years. And we're now talking about a system of medicine that you follow that's 5,000-plus years old. And I love that. I love that perspective of, you know, that's been around for so long. Do we Do we need to prove this stuff? Gosh, that is such a great question. Well, I think I think what our uh, you know, and having sort of come from a bit of a science background myself, I think what our um, modern system of science is about is inquiry, and it's about uncovering the truth that is already there. Um, and you know, who we are as a society is the people who believe when we see. You know, we believe things once we've seen them, once we've, they've been proven to be true. And I think that there's definitely a place for that. Um, you know, we could talk about that forever, but I think there's definitely a place for that. And so, but really, you know, as you said, I, since, you know, Ayurveda has been around for so many thousands of years and it's come about, um, from, it's come about from a process of observing, just observing the way that we interact with the world and the, and the way that we, um, that we carry ourselves and how that impacts kind of who we are and our ability to kind of stay happy and healthy. And so there's some real power in having just a little bit of faith and trust and understanding in, you know, in the, the way that our body, in the miracle that we are, in the way that our, in the intelligence that kind of exists within us. And, you know, our modern system of science is really just trying to quantify that. And I think that's beautiful too. It's trying to quantify and kind of qualify that so that perhaps we can better understand it. I don't know if, we, I don't know if our modern system is, is helping us to better understand it really more. Um, but I sort of believe that Ayurveda is really about helping us to to learn to sort of trust ourselves more, which is really, really key. And that's definitely where we have some common ground as as health practitioners, hon, because we're we're both using food and and uh, natural medicines to stimulate the body's own innate healing abilities. Like you said, that 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 healing ability, that wisdom that's already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we. It's so funny. It seems to me like as a, as a you know as I practice you know Ayurveda and interact with people like yourself and other sort of holistic 
healers and people who kind of have this understanding that we're more than just this kind of bag of bones and skin. Um, and just as I get older, you know, you start to realize there's something to just trusting ourselves a little bit. There's something to just trusting that there is something, there is this intelligence within us that kind of knows how to heal. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. And sometimes even even these days as a naturopath, uh, it's really easy to get caught up in like the biochemistry of things and all yeah. this new research coming up. But then sometimes if you just pan out and look at the person as a whole from more of a distance, you see so much more. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Now, with Ayurveda, I know that there are a few kind of bits and pieces of terminology that people try and get their heads around, and one of them is this concept of the doshas. And I guess this, the simplified um, idea of that is that they're, they're different body types, but I know there's a lot more to it. Uh, can you please tell us what doshas are and how do we work out which one we are and, and what does it all mean? So the doshas is usually the first stop in anyone's kind of understanding of Ayurveda. I know it was for me. And there's something about the idea of kind of understanding your type that's really appealing to people. And I love that. And But there's so much more to know about the doshas. And so it kind of starts with this idea that energy, everything is energy. Energy is everything. And quantum physics is kind of starting to work on that and quantify that. And so I think that's something that um, as, as you know, human beings, we're all starting to be able to embrace a little bit. And so if you look at who you are, kind of in the simplest terms, you might imagine that you're made up of this sort of combination of energies that each kind of play a different role or have a different function in, you know, in, in who you are. And so um, there, there might be this energy of movement. And so that energy would be something that the, would play the function of the, or the role of moving things around inside your body, the air that moves around or the blood or the fluids, um, or, and moving things around in, in your brain. So, you know, if you think about the nerve impulses and the thoughts that kind of move around from place to place, and that same energy might also be responsible for moving you from place to place. And in Ayurveda, we call that energy vata. Um, and then there'd be this energy of heat or transformation. Like we have to stay warm. That's just part of, you know, being alive. So there's this energy that, that would keep, that would serve the function of keeping you warm or digesting and assimilating the things that we take in, like food and ideas. Um, that same energy might add a little bit of heat or intensity to who we are as human beings, like our attitudes or our interactions. And yeah, that same energy might be responsible for things like you know, feeling, making you feel angry. We often talk about you get, get heated when you get angry or, or making you, um, or, or bringing about things like inflammation. And so we call in Ayurveda, we call that energy pitta. And then lastly, um, we'd have an energy that would be responsible for holding things together, or sticking things together, creating structure a bit like glue. And that energy would, would be responsible for all the structure in the body, um, holding the cells and the tissues together to form muscles, bones, and skin. Um, imagine that there's this energy that makes all of that happen, right? It'd be responsible for ensuring that things kind of stick in your mind, like memories, or maybe even for keeping you stuck in your thinking. Um, and so we call that energy kapha. And so the Ayurvedic view is that each of us is made up of this combination of these three energies that play these, all these different functions. But some of us have more of one type of energy than the other, or some of us in, within some of us, you know, one of those energies is kind of a more primary 
energy like you would imagine it you know if, if you're a person who likes to move around a lot or if you're a person who's just who's got a little more of that movement energy we might say that your primary dosha is vata um or if you're somebody who you know is perhaps a little bit more intense as an individual or whose um intensity comes through in having a strong digestion you might say that your dosha is pitta and so we can there's these energies kind of express themselves not only in the way that we are, the way that our personalities are, but they also express themselves in the way that our bodies look and the way that we carry ourselves and the way that we think um, and the tendencies and our preferences. And so understanding your dosha can be as simple as, or finding out what your dosha is, can be as simple as just taking a quiz that asks you questions about yourself, your physical characteristics and the ways that you think. Um, and also you can find out you know, you can determine your dosha by just going to an Ayurvedic practitioner and they will do the same thing. They will ask you questions about, they'll look at you physically, ask you some questions about your physical state and who you've always been physically. Um, and then just about your tendencies and, and the sorts of things that you like to do or that you naturally are drawn to. Do you find as a practitioner that you can sometimes almost pick the dosha when the person walks through the door? Yep. <laughs> 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 yes, our doshas and and our doshas of um, a large part of what you know of how our doshas are determined are are in our physical characteristics or how we kind of look. And people sometimes get confused because they say, "Well, you know, you know, we physically we change as individuals, and we do. Our dosha does not change." And so sometimes someone might walk into the door and. I might be looking at a state of imbalance, a total, like the physical characteristics may just be imbalance, just screaming, you know, weight gain or stress or perhaps, um, you know, skin issues or who knows what. And that might not be who that person really is underneath. And in those cases, we do have to sit down and I do need to kind of dig below the surface to kind of understand who those people really are and be it in order to be able to separate them from the imbalances that are expressing themselves physically or maybe in some other way. So these imbalances that you talk about, how do, how did they eventuate? Like how do our doshas become out of balance in the first place? Well, so the Ayurvedic view is that, you know, as I mentioned before, our dosha is set at conception. And so if you can imagine, I remember I talked about all those energies, there's energy and movement and energy of heat and energy of stability. If you can imagine, um, just let's say the energy of heat, for example, if you imagine taking a pot of warm water and adding some incredibly hot boiling water to that, what you get is a situation where there's a lot of heat going on. Right. And so where you what you might look like as that that pot of kind of warm water as a person that might be, you know, you're that might just be you, you know, operating the way that you normally do when you add a lot more of that energy of heat and that energy of heat can be added in a lot of different ways. It can be added by being out in the heat. It can be added by eating spicy foods. It can be added by being around or in situations that are tense or heating. Um it can be around, it, it can, it can come around from just being, you know, cho choosing sort of an intense focus in your life, kind of driving yourself too hard. So when that happens, when we add more of the qualities of, you know, heat or movement or stability or feeling stuck to our, to our own existing, you know, situation, that's when we start to create imbalances in the doshas. And so for me, 
you might, you know, you might see somebody who's, who, or we might, I might see somebody who um, is overweight, who's gained weight. And immediately I see that person, I see that as an imbalance of their kapha dosha. Kapha, remember, is that, is that um, energy of stability, of, um, of structure. And so when someone's kind of, when someone's overweight, if there's too much structure there, there's going to be too much structure there. And that, and that sort of heaviness and groundedness that comes from having structure and it, and in a healthy, you know, situation or in a nice balanced situation might actually just look like a beautifully centered individual. When it's imbalanced, when there's just too much of it, um, it starts to show up in things like depression or in things like weight gain or eventually in things like, you know, diseases like diabetes. So would it be right then to say that the, the key to rebalancing our doshas is once you know which one you are to kind of take steps to do things that are, it sounds like almost the opposite? Yes, exactly. So we put out fire with, um, with cool. We put out a fire with, you know, with something cool, maybe water, maybe something else. But the Ayurvedic view is that um, it's, it's a simple view. It's that like increases like. So heat, you got heat, you add more heat, you're going to end up with a really hot situation that can end up looking like imbalance. And opposites cancel each other out. So, and it all makes sense. So if you, um, if you are, you know, let's say you're a pitta dosha, you have to keep on the lookout for things that look like a super increased in, in, an increase of your heat, right? Because you might have a tendency towards, um, you might have a tendency towards imbalances that look like your dosha, towards imbalances that look like heat. And so the way that you can balance those things out is by calming, think, calming yourself down and staying, you know, enjoying foods that are cooling and cooling that, um, that heat to the degree that uh, it keeps you pretty well balanced, but not to the degree that it sends you in the other direction. Yeah, that's really cool. And I know it was funny because I, I was reading some stuff on your website about Vata people, and I'm mm-hmm. such a Vata person. Yes. And, and I, I remember reading that I shouldn't eat popcorn, and I was like, "What? No!" But it's it's dry, isn't it? And and the worst thing a Vata person could do would be to dry themselves out more. Yes, very. Yes, exactly. I mean, each of the different doshas, you know, each of these different energies actually have qualities to them. So Pitta is, you know, hot and it's sharp and it's intense and Vata is moving and light and dry and Kapha is heavy and, you know, and kind of dense and um, can be oily. And so the idea is that we try to ensure that we don't get too much of the qualities that are similar to our own dosha because we've already got plenty of those qualities within us and if we keep adding more to it then that's when we end up with imbalances yeah i love it i love it it's it's such a cool thing to get your head around looking at things in in such a different way um, it is but it's fun it's, ve- it's super simple it's very very simple people often think that it's it can be very complex and one of the things that i've enjoyed so much about the role that I'm playing um, in educating people about Ayurveda is just seeing the lights come on, like, you know, one person after another who just go, oh my God, this is so practical and so easy to understand. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you're right. And because there's like only those three types, and I mean, I know we're all going to be a a combination of the three, but there's only three to learn. It's not like you're learning like 12 astrological signs or something. It's like, you've got three. It's exactly. so good. <laughs> yep. And you, you can you can get a really clear understanding of what an imbalance is going to look like and then a super easy understanding of how to fix it. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Now, 
Another feature of Ayurveda that I wanted to chat with you about is this uh-huh. whole concept of eating seasonally because it's such a huge mm. feature, isn't it? How, yes. do, how do we incorporate the seasonal concept of living in, into our busy, busy lives? Well, Ayurveda really has this view that we are, you know, just another part of the natural world. So we change from, you know, from season to season. And so it's really, really important that we pay attention to how the world change around, changes around us because it really does affect what we do. And so each of the seasons has a quality about it, right? So imagine that you are a pitta person and um, in the summertime, that's when, you know, the qualities of summer are hot and, you know, and, and you know, intense. And so for all of us, there's going to be a, this, this uh, additional kind of, there's going to be this energy of heat and intensity in the summertime that is going to have an impact on us. That's, I think that's one of the things that Ayurveda has taught me the most is to pay attention to how the, um, the seasons really impact how I feel about myself and how I feel physically and emotionally and all the rest of it. And so what's really important is that we balance the energy of the season with our foods and our activities and various other things. But food is a really, really important and, and, and kind of easy for us to get our, our, our heads around tools for us to use to sort of balance out the qualities of the season. And so um, those qualities change, as I said, from, from season to season. Vata season tends to be the autumn and the early winter. That's, that's kind of cold and light and dry, just like Vata and moving. And then Akasha season tends to be the late winter and the spring, which tends to be kind of heavy and um, kind of moist, just a bit like Kapha. So we change what we do in order to balance out the energy of the season so that it doesn't impact us so very much. Yeah. And I know that you often talk a lot about the change of seasons being a really big deal in Ayurveda as well. Why is that such a danger period? Well, it's kind of interesting because I think whenever I say that, even to people who don't know anything about Ayurveda, and I say, you know, this change of seasons is kind of a, um, you know, is a, is a vulnerable time for most of us. People always go, yeah, you know, I always get sick during the change of seasons. And the thing is, like, if you can imagine any transitions in your life, like, what does a transition feel like? It feels like this, this situation where there's uncertainty. And whenever there's uncertainty, whenever there's no whenever there's no nothing for us to kind of hold on to or to kind of ground ourselves to, we start to feel a little bit vulnerable. And one of the views of Ayurveda and yoga is that our body and our minds are one. They're the same thing. And so whenever we're feeling a little bit of vulnerability, um, it, it can show up in our bodies as, you know, it hits to our immunity or um, you know, feeling a little bit kind of untethered or confused or things like that. And so the change of seasons, that vulnerable time where the energy of the, you know, of the natural world, um, is, is vulnerable. It's kind of, it's kind of all over the place that impacts the Ayurvedic view is that, that kind of impacts us in that can impact us, um, and look a lot like, you know, uh, changes to our immunity or, or, um, you know, kind of a decrease of, in our immunity. The beautiful thing is, we know it's coming. If we know it's coming, then we can take steps to um, to offset that feeling of of uncertainty, that that kind of crazy transition trans transitiony purgatory feeling by um, make, taking steps to ground ourselves a little bit, to center ourselves a little bit, to feel 
kind of warm and comfortable and to boost our immunity. And so we do, we choose foods and activities and interactions and, and even clothes during the time of the year that are going to make us feel grounded and centered and kind of strong and healthy as opposed to really pushing ourselves um, in the way that we sort of, sort of tend to do all the time. Um, during those seasonal transitions, because it's likely to um, it's likely have even more of an effect in those kind of uncertain times. So it sounds like those change of season times are like exactly when, as busy women, we need to pull back a little bit and not load ourselves up on things to do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I mean, really, in general, we kind of need to do that too. But the, the beauty of the, the seasonal transitions, and this is the thing I love about Ayurveda the most, is we know the seasons impact us. Like I know, you know, and, the, and most people by the mid, by the middle of winter, you're feeling low, you know, by the, as soon as summer hits, you're feeling great. You've got energy. We know all this is going to happen. We know it's happening. And so having that knowledge in advance gives us so much power that we just do not use. We really don't. And so if we know that we're going to be feeling bad in the winter, we have the, the, we have the chance, we have the opportunity, we have the responsibility to make choices during that time of year to offset those, that, that, you know, heaviness with, you know, something that feels light experiencing, you know, having food that's a bit, a bit lighter or spending time with friends, things that make us feel energized and stimulated. And the same goes for all the seasons and the, and the transitional times too. We can look at it and know I'm going to take a hit in about another month. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so maybe I should let up, get a little more sleep and eat some food that's going to nourish me a bit so that I don't, so that that, that dip in the roller coaster doesn't dive way low. Because we're, we're, we're going to go through, you know, dips and, you know, we're going to go through bumps and, and you know, dips and, and troughs and whatever. But we can keep those things from dipping so low to the point where we kind of get out of control and we really don't feel like ourselves by just using the opportunity that is knowing that it's coming. Yeah, and I love that wisdom that that kind of um, roller coaster concept of oh, yeah. rather than just trying to you know because I I know with a lot of a lot of Western people at the moment it's about boosting 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 like making yourself feel good all the time like walking into the health food shop and going right what can I need what can I use what can I get what can I buy I need to increase my energy I need to feel good all the time but th- it sounds like the whole uh, concept you're talking about is. It's going to be a roller coaster. You you need to accept it, but then we'll just find a way to make that ride a bit smoother. But you are going to ebb and flow, and accepting that is it sounds like a really important part of it all. Absolutely. I mean, just think about you know th- just the idea that we're part of the natural world. I mean, think of the well, I don't know about so much. I don't know about so much in Byron Bay, but think about the trees outside, right? You can. If you, if you, you know, I used, I lived in New York for a long time and it's just, every season is just beautiful. Every season is beautiful in its own way. And that's exactly who we are. We have seasons, uh, you know, we are just this kind of cycle and this series of seasons that can be beautiful in its own way. If we can just accept, if we can accept that we're moving into our winter and that might be the point where you know, we, we've got a little bit more uh, junk in the trunk or we've got, you know, <laughs> or it might be a time where we're feeling just that little less energized. We're feeling a little bit more quiet. We're feeling a little bit more drawn in. There, There's something about all of the seasons of who we are that's beautiful. And so there's something really empowering about accepting those things, about embracing those things, um, rather than feeling almost constantly like you should be something something different or you should feel more, you know, more energized or, 
you should look in some way that's different as well. And I think, you know, we talked at the very, very beginning of our talk about what drew me to Ayurveda, that, that empowering, that embracing who we are and how we change, you know, how our leaves bloom and fall off and all those sorts of things throughout the year. I think that is incredibly empowering because like you said, as a society, we believe that we should not change. I should, you know, my diet should be the same as it was when I was 20. And, you know, my, do you know what I, I don't mean? think mine should be, mate. <laughs> the same, you know, or even better, the same as it was when I was the healthiest I've ever been. You've changed. We've changed since then. The environment around us has changed. Our thinking has changed. And all of those things shift who we are ever so subtly and mean that our choices should be perhaps that little bit different in order to stay just as vital as we were, you know, as we did or we were back then. Yeah, and, and I, I, I kind of experienced this firsthand the other week when I, I went to Melbourne for the Wellness Summit and, you know, there was a flight and there was a couple of days of talking to people and then there was one, you know, a couple of exciting days of being up on stage. And um, as you know, I've got a couple of health challenges going on at the moment, so I have to be a little bit careful. And I flew back to Byron and I went straight back to work on the Monday. So I flew home on Sunday night. I touched down on the Gold Coast Airport at like 10 p.m., which mean, means I got home to Byron at about 11.30. Mm -hmm. And then I, I woke up on Monday and went to work. And, and then by about Thursday, I felt like shit and I'd been pushing, pushing, pushing. So immediately I was like, oh, I'll have this herb and that herb and this vitamin and that'll boost me up and that'll prop me up. And I kept going, mm -hmm. got right through to Thursday and then I just crashed. And James and I went out in our combi. Mm -hmm. And we went down to the beach and we were going to do a lighthouse walk, which is like the last thing I needed was, you know, more stuff to do. And yeah. we, we got to where we were going to walk from and he said, oh, let's just sit in the back of the combi for a few minutes. And we've actually got a little bed in the back there. And I laid down on the bed for a couple of minutes and then I fell asleep and I slept for four hours on and off in oh. the back of the combi. And he's, he's sitting there like, well, at least I brought a book to read. So he's just laying around reading a book while I snoozed for four hours. And, you know, the next day I felt great. And oh. I, it, I just needed to stop. But, you know, that, that, that Western mind of mine, you know, prior to that was like, oh, what herb can I take? What supplement can I take? I feel low. And maybe I should have coffee. Maybe I should have this to, to boost myself up when actually I needed to go all the way in the other direction just for half a day and it was like pressing reset it was great oh that's amazing i love hearing that and i love that you share that as well because i think we we like you said we live in a society that's all about pushing us and then beyond pushing and, and perhaps even pushing us to push ourselves and then beyond pushing it's about you know grabbing for whatever um you know or pill or supplement or whatever we can do to just to just get us to that little bit to get just get us that little bit further and uh, you know ayurveda and you know ayurveda is very much a big believer in in herbal medicines and herbal the ability of herbal medicines and supplements and things like that to kind of help us and to supplement our own natural energy our own natural ability to heal. I don't think there's anything, there's, there's nothing more powerful than our own natural ability to heal. And we do that through making ch powerful choices. Like I'm going to go ahead and go ahead, go ahead and have a sleep back here in the back of this car <laughs> <laughs> instead of like doing this walk. And so, you know, I think when we're making, when we're, when we're making healthier choices, 
in our in our lives things like these herbal like herbal supplements and things like that will have even uh, an even better effect for us but for it, too often we sort of feel like you know we'll grab for something that is going to fix everything and yeah. meanwhile you know it's our thinking that really needs that really needs the fixing yeah yeah so so true now tell me a little bit about the detoxing hun because ayurvedic followers are always seem to be so big into detoxing and it's done at specific times of the year isn't it yes so the ayurvedic view is that you know very very simply we have to empty our cup right so we're constantly about filling our cup with everything you know there's there's a, a whole zen cone and a whole zen story about filling and emptying the cup but the thing is that you know we are our capacity is only so much really and you may have even heard from Ayurveda that there's the view that digestion is everything. And Ayurveda looks at digestion with a big D. So we're digesting everything that come that we come into contact with, the food and you know the food and the ideas and the thoughts and whatever. And these days, that's a lot. That's a, that's really a lot. And so as that stuff starts to accumulate, our ability to digest it really becomes compromised. And so there's the Ayurvedic view that if we detox on regular on a regular basis, then the Ayurvedic the Ayurvedic approach to detoxing isn't about sort of starving yourself because you know that affects the mind more than anything i was one of the things i loved about ayurvedic detoxing is that you don't starve yourself you actually eat food but the idea with ayurvedic detoxing is that we lighten up a little bit we take away you know we, we get rid of some of the stop paying attention to so much of the information and we enjoy, we enjoy foods that are a little bit lighter and easier to easier to digest and that way we actually give our body a bit of a break like a vacation we give our bodies a bit of a break so that it can actually um, return to operating in a way that's really optimal for us. And so Ayurveda believes that we don't just wait till we hit a wall for this to happen. And that's really a Western approach to things. Well, I'll just go and go and go, and then I'll hit a wall, and then I'll do a detox, and then I'll jump back up, and I'll go and go and go until I hit a wall again. Ayurveda really believes that we got to prevent the problems before they actually happen. And so when we, in order to do this, we just build it into our lives. We build self-care into our every day. We build it into our year. And so there's the two um, times of year that we, that we, that tend to be kind of pivotal um, points in the year for us and times when we're really feeling like we can really use a shift or we can really use a change or that, that we're really, that we are really overloaded. And that's the spring and the fall. And so that's when we do our cleansing. Yeah. Beautiful. So uh, you're doing a detox at the moment, aren't you? Or about, I am. or about to? Yes, we are just about to kick off a, an Ayurvedic cleanse program. I am, I'm doing it this year as, as, as a seven day detox challenge, a free seven day detox challenge in part because cleansing, Ayurvedic cleansing has been a huge game changer for me. Huge. And everyone that I've worked with has, has had their lives transformed in some way. And I've been doing cleanses for, you know, about six years now. And, and leading people through cleanses for six years. And so I wanted people not to have any barriers to, to embracing this approach. And usually if something's free and a challenge, <laughs> people <laughs> usually take it on. And for me, it really is about people understanding and feeling the difference that it can make. And so, um, yeah, so we're launching that. That's happening starting October the 15th. And it'll be a seven-day uh, Ayurvedic detox and an opportunity for people to learn a little bit more about themselves and about Ayurveda. Awesome. And I'll, I'll make sure I put a link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. So 
tell me, uh, if someone hasn't delved into Ayurveda before, like mm-hmm. the whole thing can look a little daunting, maybe a bit overwhelming, like hard to know how to get started. Uh, yeah. What are some things that our listeners could do like straight away? Like what, what maybe three things that people could do this week to start to look after themselves a little bit more from an Ayurvedic point of view? So from an Ayurvedic point of view, I would say discover your dosha. Find out what your dosha is. Get online. Take one of those quizzes. I've got one on my website. Um, and uh, uh, understanding your dosha is a really terrific and eye-opening start to the world of what I call knowing and loving yourself. I think that's really what Ayurveda is about. It's about knowing yourself and loving yourself. And so understanding your dosha is a terrific start to that. And that's something that's pretty easy to do. Um, I would also say pay attention, pay attention to your physical and your mental and emotional responses to things. I always say that the body, the body mind is constantly giving us clues about the state of our health and well-being, but we've just forgotten how to listen. And so, you know, just paying attention, have it, you know, as you're eating your bowl of porridge in the morning or having your cup of coffee, just tune into how it feels, how it feels moving through your body, how it impacts your mind. Um, you know, all the, all the things that you sort of come into contact with, take a moment, just take a, take a moment to feel how, how, you know, how it's, how it's hitting. Um, and then I would also just say, do one simple thing every day that makes you feel loved and taken care of. Something as simple as a few moments of breathing before you get out of bed or before you leave the house or a cup of warm water with lemon. That's a, that's a good one to kind of kickstart your process of digesting. Remember, we, we're not just digesting the food, we're digesting everything that we come into contact with. Um, or, or maybe even just getting to bed a little bit earlier in order to sort of <laughs> get out of your cap. Um, just getting to bed, maybe 15 minutes a little earlier. We always believe it has to be hard, but what's really important is the mindset. And so doing something that makes you feel loved and taken care of is so incredibly powerful. We, you know, we don't even know. And so Ayurveda really is about taking really simple steps because those are the ones that, not only that we'll actually do, but they tend to be the ones that kind of stick too. So those are probably the three things that I would say. Discover your dosha, pay attention, and do one simple thing every day that makes you feel loved and taken care of. I love that. You are the queen of self-care. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so important, isn't it? Because I I know a lot of of your uh, clients and a, a lot of the people who do your programs there busy women, their moms, they sometimes yep. just need to be reminded of like the really, really basic shit. Like you That's need it. to stop and do one thing for yourself. Just one. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Even if it's just like breathing while you're on that, on the toilet, like you've got a, you've got a couple <laughs> of minutes of solitude on the toilet. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to take this time just to, to breathe or just to be grateful or, or whatever it is, but one thing that you can choose for yourself, you know, that makes you feel loved is so incredibly important because it's when we don't feel loved that we make unhealthy, bad choices for ourselves. I love that. Listeners, go get a post-it note, write the word breathe on it, stick yep. it in your toilet. Love it. Oh, I'm totally <laughs> doing that. I'm so doing that. <laughs> I, like a, I like a good post-it note, Shara. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I've had one on the fridge before that says, what are you really hungry for? Oh, I love that. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Oh, lovely lady. I could talk to you all day, but all good things come to an end. Um, 
Now, you mentioned that dosha quiz. Um, Can you please let our lovely listeners know where they can find you because I know they're going to want to do this quiz and also um, just tell me where they can find that cleanse as well. Sure. So my website is blissbodyandsoul.com and you can find you can find uh, the, the quiz there and you'll be able to find information. By the time this goes up, you'll be able to find information about the um, about the cleanse there as well. And I'm also I've got a Facebook group group that's called Ayurveda Plus, like the plus sign plus you. So if you feel like looking that up, you can look that up as well. I'm offering that cleanse program inside that group. It's a beautiful community of people. And um, and I thought, you know, it's always good to do something with somebody else with a bunch of other people. So I'm offering it in there. So you can find that there. But the best thing is probably just to look up my website, blissbodyandsoul.com. Um, and I'm on Facebook as Bliss Body and Soul too. So yeah. you can find me lots of different places. Yeah, and all links will be in the show notes, lovely people, all the links. Um, and I can highly recommend that group as well because I know, Shara, you're, you're a bit like me. You're always in there. Like you just don't sit and forget. You're in there talking, helping, asking questions, and that, that's what I love so much about you. Thanks. Thanks. Yay. It's a great community, so I'm happy to do it because I really do believe it's powerful, good stuff that everybody should know about. <laughs> now – I'll let you go because I'm going to let you go back to enjoying your beautiful Japan trip. Um, We didn't even talk about the yoga today, so we might have to even get you back sometime in the near future to chat about that. I would love it. Talk about, I could talk about all these things forever. You know that. So yeah, anytime. I know. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for all your wisdom and all that information today. It, It really was fun. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you, Jules, for the opportunity. Just and also just for the chat. You know, you know, I just love chatting with you anyway. So I really appreciate it, and I've had a wonderful time. So thanks for being a great host. <laughs> anytime, anytime. I hope you enjoyed that interview with the lovely Shara Carruthers. If you like what you've heard and you're new around here, make sure you hit subscribe. Do it right now. That way, you'll never miss an episode. Also, if you'd like a free whole food recipe mini ebook, head to julesgalloway.com and sign up now. Till next time, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.